to be able to use in their defense versus people that don't have money. So you see a lot of, you know, lower, and, and that's really a class issue, and, and race does come into play. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Welcome to Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Happy Janet Jackson Appreciation Day, everyone. We started the show with Rhythm Nation, a Janet Jackson classic. Um, And I know you guys, if you're tweeting and you happen to be on Twitter, you're probably tweeting about Janet Jackson. So, yes, that is to all of us who are fans of Janet and are upset that Justin Timberlake will be performing today at the Super Bowl, but Janet will not. I say they should bring Janet out. I definitely think they should bring Janet out. She totally needs to be there. Like, absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so welcome to the show, guys. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, where we talk politics, social issues, foreign policy, and we do this all from a diverse millennial perspective. Every Sunday... Right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. My name is Selena Hill on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Miss Selena Hill. And if you're watching us via Facebook Live, hey, or Ustream, hey, um, you probably notice that I'm sitting in the engineer seat. Why? Because Stanley apparently is on a three-week binge vacation. And not here. Like, I don't I don't even know where Stanley is right now, but he's clearly not here. He's clearly doing something much more fun. And Jackie's not here either because she just celebrated her birthday last week. So she has a legitimate reason. Yesterday. 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 Oh, God, these Happy birthday to things. Jackie. Happy birthday to Jackie. Her birthday was 24 hours ago. Hey, Alyssa. Hi, everybody. Um, Good morning. Uh, I'm Alyssa Fuchs. I am your political and legal correspondent. um, And I'm really excited for today's show. We get to talk about that crazy speech and the Super Bowl and uh, so many other things. And if you're tuning in via Facebook Live, uh, just want to put this out there. Um, You know, later on in the show, we're going to talk about what you want to see from the Democratic Party and from your elected officials. So if you're watching now um, and you have any ideas, leave them in the comments. And when we get to that part of the show later on, we are definitely going to mention those things and we're going to read some of your comments, um, especially if you've been tweeting at us. Um, and speaking of Facebook and Twitter, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs. That's Alyssa with an I or on Twitter at Alyssa Fuchs, also with an I. Uh, or you can leave a comment or a question on the Politically Preposterous fan page, which is Facebook.com slash Politically Preposterous or poll preposterous on Twitter. Or, of course, you can leave a comment on the Facebook.com slash Let Your Voice Be Heard uh fan page uh, where we are live streaming this show. And, and we have special guests with us today. Yes, Chad R. McDonald is back in the building with us. Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be back once again. Yes, he's our favorite political pundit and fill-in <laughs> at that. He's also a superhero. That's true. Um, I, my first job in New York uh, was standing in a superhero costume in front of the now-defunct F.A.O. Schwartz. That's right. That's gone. I once actually stopped a crime in a superhero suit, so wow. I think that qualifies me. Definitely. It Whenever definitely I think does. of FAO shorts, I think of the piano in the movie Big. Everybody does. <laughs> that is like a classic New York scene. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Chad, tell us how people can find you on Facebook and social media. 
Well, uh, I'm probably most uh, best known for my sports pages, but I do have uh, I do have a page all for me on Facebook called The Good, The Chad, and The Ugly. You can find me on Twitter at ChadMac19, and uh, I'm proud to announce that we'll be debuting uh, our very own website this week, TheGoodTheChadTheUgly.com. Oh, wow. Yep. That's big news. Congratulations on that, Chad. Thank you. So we have a lot to talk about today. As Alyssa just briefed, um, we'll be talking about the State of the Union, uh, but not only just unpacking it, but just talking about what we need to do to push a political agenda that represents us forward when it comes to uh, elected officials. We need to make sure that they are held accountable and doing what works for us. And Alyssa, if you could just give the phone number one more time as well as it's two the Twitter. On, 212-650-6903 or you can tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio or leave a comment on the fan page uh, which is facebook.com slash letyourvoiceBeHeard. And we're going to take a quick break but we'll be right back and we're going to jump into the news roundup. <laughs> Welcome back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Happy Sunday, guys. Forgot to say that. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Well, unless you're protesting, but I think, I mean, well, since we're going straight into the news roundup where we talk about the news stories that made you laugh, cry, second guess your entire existence, or tweet at the president. This is the time to talk about it. So hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash let your voice be heard or tweet us at beheard underscore radio. And of course, you can you are welcome to call us in at 212-650-6903. So time for the news roundup. It's happy. Well, it's the Super Bowl. I don't know if everyone is happy about that. And, you know, Stanley and Alyssa aren't, excuse me, Stanley and Jackie aren't here, but they said they're protesting. Yeah, so obviously this is a a big issue. There's a lot of news stories we want to get to today, but we wanted to spend a little bit of time on this, uh, which is, are you planning on watching the Super Bowl? Um, There's obviously a lot of people that are protesting for a variety of reasons. Some people are protesting um, because they are mad that the NFL hid the effects of CTE uh, for so long and that so many players um, are now sick um, and did not know those risks. Uh, But the number one reason why people are protesting is because Colin Kaepernick still does not have a job um, because the NFL has just done a horrible job of dealing with the racism by their owners and, um, you know, and their fans and, you know, other people that are sort of in the NFL family. And so a lot of people have said that they have not watched a game all season and that they're not planning on watching the Super Bowl today. Um, and other people are not really sure. And, I mean, I can only speak for myself. I'm sort of, like, on the fence. On some level, I sort of want to watch because I really want to see the halftime show and I want to see the commercials. Um, but on the other hand, I, I sort of agree with, um, you know, you know, protesting because of what's going on with Colin Kaepernick. And I obviously agree with protesting because of the CTE issue. Um, and also, I just really don't like either one of the teams. <laughs> so that uh, makes it easy for because you. Because I'm a, a Jets bit. fan. But yeah, at the same time, I still kind of want to like watch and see what's going to happen. So I really don't know what I'm going to do later. I still haven't made my decision. It's, it's conflicting for a lot of us. Chad, what are your thoughts on the Super Bowl? 
Well, uh, anyone who knows me knows that I'm a giant footballs fan, and I don't know if you caught the pun I just threw in there. Uh, <laughs> I love yes, me the Giants. I love uh, me the Jets. I, yeah, well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> my season was worse than yours, at least, just barely. But, uh, yeah, it was a terrible season for Giants and Giants fans. Um, these are two teams that I don't like at all. And uh, I guess I'm going to, full disclosure, I am going to go watch the Super Bowl because my wife gets us invited to a private party with an open bar and free food. You can't really turn that down. And uh, I'm, I guess I'm going to cheer for the for the, the Patriots simply because, I know, you just gave me the look. Oh, wow. <laughs> simply because I don't want to have to listen to Philadelphia tell me that they uh, beat the Patriots too. I, I want to be the only team that can beat the Patriots. I want to leave that as the Giants. Fair enough. We actually have a caller on the line who would like to let his voice be heard concerning uh, Janet Jackson. We opened the show playing some Janet, and it is Janet Jackson Appreci- Appreciation Day, at least on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Caller, what are your thoughts on the Super Bowl? Yes, I'm, I'm also um, showing my support for Kaepernick because he supported us. And it's really not so much about him, but it's about the cause, and I'm supporting that. And so far this year, I haven't watched any games, and I'm going to cap it off with not watching the Super Bowl. And so um, I'm glad it's being registered that the ratings have went down. Now, as far as, 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 as Janet Jackson's concerned, I still don't appreciate the the mock auction block rape that happened in the Super Bowl and with uh Timberlake and I really think that was uh that was a very betrayal of the cause for her to even do that. So those kind of people I I I I, I don't I don't support in any fashion. Her and Serena Williams as in the midst of Black Lives Matters and making stance, she goes and marries some white cat. I'm a little confused. Hold, hold on, really quickly. I'm a little confused. Are you, you use some really strong words. You said auction block and rape regarding Janet Jackson, but you're saying the real crime is that she married a white man. Are you talking about her most recent husband because he was Arabic? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> he wasn't white. He's Arabic. <laughs> Well, he says. Well, I mean, it's, this is this is what I'm just saying. This this whole thing where is they so, you know, it, it was a money deal. That's what the bottom line of what was it that that was it was a money proposition deal. I married you for five years. If you did, that was a, that was a prostitution uh, 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 proposition. All right, so we were with you up until that part. I mean, kudos to Jenna Jackson for finding love again. She had a baby at, like, 50. The marriage didn't work out, but um, I was very happy but, for her. Uh, but I will say, I... I, thank I you for, but, but thank you so much for your call. Yeah, uh, thank you so much, and I, I will say I definitely agree with the things that were said about, um, you know, not watching all season and capping it off by not watching today uh, because Colin Kaepernick... Uh, is standing with us, and I think that's that's a really great comment. Um, you know, speaking of uh, people standing with other people, um, not, you change gears here uh, for a second, which is apparently Republicans are standing with the president um, over some ridiculous uh, memo. And even more perplexing is this. After months and months, and actually maybe even two years of them saying blue lives matter over and over and over again, Republicans and the president um, are now, you know, ramping up their attacks on law enforcement, specifically the SBI, and releasing um, altered memos that 
do not give the full context of anything um, in order to, I don't know, protect the president from possible and alleged treason with the Russians? Yeah, and that's going to come out anyway. They're not going to be able to stop this. Uh, at this point, uh, it's inevitable. Uh, what is? It just came out yesterday that Carter Page uh, bragged that he was an advisor to the Kremlin. Uh, I so mean, he was just the coffee boy. Oh, yeah, no, 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 that's no, the that's other Papadopoulos one. <laughs> who gave it away in the first place. And that's the thing about the memo is the memo actually gives it away in the last paragraph that, uh, well, you know, it turns out the Steele dossier wasn't the reason for the FISA warrants in the first place. But to, to your point about them turning on uh, police and, and law enforcement, well, that's exactly right. I mean, the Republicans have gone from the party of law and order to siding with the Russians against our intelligence agencies and the Department of Justice. And last time I checked, there was a term for that. When you turn against the United States, what is that again? I, think I can't remember. being a traitor. Yeah, that would treason. Be but so, so here's my question. What does this memo mean for the Russia investigation, our Justice Department, and President Donald Trump? Well, in my opinion, uh, Trump is going to continue to pressure Rosenstein. We're probably still going to see Rosenstein get fired and eventually Mueller. It's going to happen. It's coming down the track. Uh, I think the memo was intended as uh, to to be a, a well, I mean, Trump, Trump believed his own hype. He believed what Sean Hannity and the idiots over at Fox News have been saying, that this is the memo. This is the big thing. This is what's going to get him out of jail for the rest of his life. He'll be president for life. We're going to put up statues. Yay. And <laughs> president for life? The memo I, is, I think that's called a tyranny. Yeah. But but the memo, as we, as we can see, is nothing. I mean, your memo jokes has been trending on Twitter for two days. Uh, it's it's a complete joke, but I don't think that's going to well, stop I mean, Trump. Trump's going to fire them anyway. This really s- is because like Republicans are living in a completely different universe yes. than everybody else, and so in their universe, this is like the biggest deal since sliced bread. Uh, but in the universe of anybody that has half a brain, uh, this is like a big nothing burger. I think as as we call that these days uh, from the uh, so, party who brought you Benghazi. Yeah, exactly. Um, and now they're even just to you know slice use that as a move into the next story, which is now there's this new huge conspiracy theory about how the garbage truck on the uh, railway was what caused the Republican train to crash. Right, but and before we go there, I just wanted to add that even though, like Alyssa said, it's a nothing burger, I think that it is successful in compromising our democratic institutions. Oh, yeah, yes. absolutely. Like, the fact that you have the president attacking the FBI, and he's attacking a hand-picked FBI director along with the attorney general at the Justice Department, who he also nominated. All and now Republican. Yeah, and it's like how, so when, like, God forbid there's an attack, a terrorist attack or something where we have to trust the FBI. What he's doing is he's telling his base that you can't trust these institutions. So what happens when we really need them? Well, that's exactly the worry that I've been talking about on my pages and on my social media accounts for a long time now, is Trump has basically scooped out the State Department. Uh, Our intelligence is as weak as it's ever been right now. Our preparedness right now is the lowest it has ever been in history. We don't have diplomats. We don't have people manning posts that have been, you know, that have been manning them for decades. And Trump has been recorded as saying, like, he hopes uh, an attack happens on domestic soil so he can start a war and solidify the country behind him because he he doesn't think he'll win the winters in any other way. That's why he's banging around so hard around the world uh, with Korea and uh, always 
trying to stir up uh, ISIS and Muslim extremist terrorists simply because he wants that attack to happen. That's a grand Republican presidential tradition. Start a war. Horrible. Right. I mean, listen, uh, yeah, I agree with that. I, I will say, like, it, it sort of plays into the fact that there's all these, like, conspiracy theories, none of which are based in fact, all of which are based in propaganda, and Republicans just keep telling themselves these theories over and over again, and it's like they believe that if they keep repeating these theories, they are somehow going to become exactly. true when they are not, in fact, true. And, you know, another place we're seeing that is um, in terms of this idea of the quote-unquote black identity extremists, because... This week, we had the arrest of the first person that the FBI is now, you know, calling a quote unquote black identity extremist, uh, which is that which is not a real thing. We should make that clear right away. Um, obviously, if somebody commits a crime or allegedly commits a crime, they should be arrested. Uh, but just because somebody is black and commits a crime doesn't make them part of some black terrorist group, um, notwithstanding the fact that when people stand up for justice um, and kneel when it's time to quote unquote stand for the flag because we have so many injustices in this country that revolve around race, that does not make them a terrorist. And that goes back in some ways to the way the FBI treated black people um, during the 70s when they had the COINTELPRO uh, program in operation. Um, and, and now they are using this idea of race as a cudgel to try and arrest people and charge them as terrorists when, in fact, um, you know, maybe they have allegedly committed a crime, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are a terrorist. And this is even more concerning given the fact that it is Black History Month. That is that is the grand tradition of Republicans as well, because they've been uh, demonizing people of color and people who uh, enjoy other faiths simply because that's what they do. The only time a Republican ever passed gun control laws was Ronald Reagan in California with the Black Panthers. But we've seen this again. We saw it in the State of the Union when he went after MS, MS-13 and talked about how this gang is full of illegal immigrants and they're killing all these Americans. Well, first of all, that's not true. Most of MS-13 are American-born. Second of all, uh, you want to talk about people killing each other? The Las Vegas shooter was was, was uh, American-born. The, the Columbine shooters were American-born. Sandy Hook shooter was American-born. All these mass shooters... By the way, there was... There's 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 been 14 school shootings in January alone, which is getting no coverage. But those are all American-born people, and those are the real danger. The most the, the most dangerous person to an American right now is an American white man uh, who identifies as Christian. No, you're absolutely right, uh, Chad, uh, and I echo everything you say. Also, um, Alyssa mentioned it's Black History Month. Uh, I wanted to spotlight that. Yeah, happy Black History Month, guys. Um, that started a few days ago, and, you know, this is the time where we finally put some focus on all of the contributions that African Americans have made to our country. Um, I happen to work at a uh, black-owned publication, so it's Black History Month for us all the time. We're always celebrating these contributions, but um, it's time, you know, it's, it's nice to have that recognition and to understand that um, without African Americans, like, we wouldn't be... American, but we wouldn't have America. But the thing is, we have we're under administration that does not celebrate diversity, does not appreciate it, 
in any way. I mean, he's going to make some canned statement about Black History Month that means absolutely nothing in the face of him equivocating and saying that Nazis were very fine people. I mean, he can say anything he wants to say, but at the end of the day, we shouldn't judge people on what they say. We have to judge them on their actions. And his actions, along with his words, you know, let's go back just a few weeks when he was saying that Nigerians live in huts and Haitians all have AIDS. And then what did he say? He said the ish whole countries. I mean, so like, yes, there's his words. Um, and then when you look at, you know, he's going to get up and say something about like, oh, it's Black History Month and we're so Last excited. Last year he shouted out Frederick Douglass. Yeah, yeah. and he yeah. thought Frederick Douglass was still alive, so. Well, I mean, it just simply comes down to the fact that Donald Trump is racist and so are all his supporters, whether they know it or not. Yeah, absolutely, guys. And keep those comments coming in on Facebook. Um, yeah, so you can give us a comment on Facebook.com slash Let Your Voice Be Heard. If you've been commenting about the DNC and what you want them to, uh, to do for us, um, we're going to get to those comments later. Um, but keep those comments coming. You can also tweet us at BeHeard underscore ra- uh, radio or call us at 212-650-6903. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard radio on WHCR. And we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back talking about the State of the Union. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Shout out to all of our people watching via Facebook. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate everyone who's listening, especially here in Harlem, and for calling in. Thank you so much for that. And if you're happening to be listening via podcast, we thank you for that as well. So as we mentioned earlier in the show, we're going to talk about Donald Trump's State of the Union address. Yes, that painstakingly long and slow speech. That was basically more than half lines. Sorry. Like, no, seriously. Like, he spoke so long. He kept clapping for himself. He kept prompting the Democrats to clap for him as well. He was literally like, come on. I mean, it was horrible. Then he had, like... It seemed to be like props. Like he kept calling out people in the audience who were suffering from devastation and using their pain to exploit in an exploitive way to push his own bias agenda. Like it was very tough to watch. But I will say for a lot of people watching, uh, it, it received good reviews. Um, a lot of people were like, hey, he stayed on message. He stuck to the script. He didn't ad lib too much. Um, he said things that sounded like unity. Like, remember that part where he was like, oh, I'm going to work with Democrats and Republicans and we're going to come together to make America great again. You know, something like that. So people sounded like they were impressed. And he his um his ratings actually um, one went up a little bit as well. So he he um I will say that uh, a lot of people did appreciate Donald Trump for doing something uh, presidential or at least human to a certain ability. But I mean, when I was watching it, I I didn't have that same feeling. Um, it, it was like some of the things he said about coal, like he called coal, beautiful clean coal, beautiful Seriously? clean coal. He said stuff like that. He kept talking about MS thirteen, like he literally spent so much time talking about MS-13 and we need to build a wall. Like, it was horrible. So, I mean, I didn't have that same reaction. Well, you know, I want to start with the first thing that you said about, like, he stayed on script. This is the problem (laughs) that we get into every single time Donald Trump gives a speech off of a teleprompter, which is then everybody normalizes it and they're like, oh, well, he stayed on message. Like, um, 
Okay, yeah, because he didn't write this speech. This was not like a regular Donald Trump rally. He he stayed on message because he actually followed the teleprompter. Like, why are we giving him so much credit for doing, like, the simplest of tasks? He should not get credit for staying on a teleprompter, and we should not normalize the fact that he's able to give a somewhat normal speech when he's on a teleprompter, because then when you dig a little deeper, what you find out is that more than 90% of the speech was a lie, or... He was twisting the facts so that they sounded like they were true, when in reality, when you actually hear about them in context, it turns out they're not. He did what many other presidents did in touting these heroes and other people, but more than half the speech was filled with anecdotes. There was very little actual policy proposals, which I know we're going to get into in a little while, along with the amount of lies that there were. Um, And while starting off the speech saying that Republicans and Democrats should come together— He then used this wedge issue of MS-13 in terms of immigration to bring up things that in theory are true but are not the full picture and make it seem like everybody who comes here as an immigrant is some kind of criminal and then pitched an immigration plan that's a complete non-starter. So at the end of the day, I don't care whether he sounded presidential or not. I care what he was proposing, what he said, and what he wants to do. Yeah, and I mean, how many times did we listen to uh, Republicans while Obama was president, complain about how much he used the teleprompter. Oh, you can't believe what this guy says. He uses the teleprompter. And now they're like, oh, my God, Donald Trump used the teleprompter. He's amazing. Look, I mean, to to your point where you were talking about how Trump was clapping for himself and motioning for the Democrats to stand up and clap himself. And Hannity's been going on all week, if not about the memo, then about how disrespectful the Democrats were to Donald Trump during his... Oh, no, that's what they've been saying. That's, That's what's going on over in... Uh, bizarro world. Didn't somebody yell, you lie? At so the That's my was. point. They they wanted to talk about how disrespected Trump was. Meanwhile, every time uh, there was a Republican uh, House leader, whether it be Boner or whether it be, oh, excuse me, Boehner, uh, whether it be Boehner or whether it be Ryan, neither of them would stand for anything Obama said. They would barely clap. They would make faces. They would roll their eyes every single time. Uh of course, Paul Ryan, all, all, all you have to do to make him stand up and applaud is put Donald Trump in front of him. He stood up and applauded and smiled every single time. And as you said, Republican congressmen started screaming out, you lie, in the middle of uh, Obama's State of the Union speech. So Hannity, if you want to know why Democrats were so disrespectful to Trump, that's nothing compared to what they did to Obama. And it's also nothing compared to what's coming up when he's exposed as a traitor to the country. I'm not going to be seen as standing and clapping for a traitor of the country. I'm not having anything to do with that. And good on the Democrats for doing the same. Right. No, absolutely. Thanks so much, guys, for sharing your reaction to that. And, guys, if you want to chime in uh, from your home, you can call us up at 212-650-6903. So the State of the Union, it was actually... um, it's actually something that was is, is enshrined into the Constitution, and the purpose of it is, and I quote, uh, that the president shall from time to time give to Congress information of the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. So that's the reason why we even have a State of the Union. But to me, if you think about it, I just think that Donald Trump and whoever's president at the time, they used this speech to really speak to middle America, 
to speak to the people um, who, you know, may be independent or may not be so hard to the left or the right, and they try to make an appeal. And I will say, like, even though we have a different, like, we have our own opinion of Trump's speech, I do think that he was successful in reaching out to people who aren't as is informed. I mean, like, if you don't follow politics as closely and you're listening to him, you would, you would think, like, oh, my God, there's gangs running around and, like, killing people and they're coming across the border not knowing that, like, MS-13, that's, like, extremely isolated. It's but, on Long Island, but, that's but what, he didn't describe it like that. That's the point, which is like, yeah, he reached out to these people and lied to them. Yeah, but to did. answer the initial question first before we get into the lies, which is did he accomplish uh, what he needed to accomplish during the speech? I mean, that's an open question because that really it's subjective and it depends on you are. I mean, if you look at the president's State of the Union as being a time where the president is supposed to propose policy and ask Congress to pass certain agenda, then, yeah, he did some of that. But. When you dig deeper, um, you realize, and like we're going to get to this later, so I don't want to jump the gun too much, that there was no actual substance to any of the things right. he's proposing. Um, if you look at the State of the Union as a time to tell people what the state state of the union actually is, like in the physical sense, yeah, he touted out a lot of numbers and yeah. a lot of statistics and this, that, and the third. Um, but as we're going to get to in a minute, a lot of those for, were were not actually true or were not given with context. So, you know, did he accomplish what a president is supposed to accomplish during the state of the union? Not from what I can tell. No. I think he gave a, a disastrous and divisive speech uh, that did not bring people together, did not propose any legitimate policies, um, and did not actually tell people what the facts are. Well, speaking of non-facts and non-factual, uh, two days later, after the speech, Trump tweeted that, and I quote, 45.6 million people watched, end quote, his State of the Union, and that it was, and I quote, the highest number in history. In reality, Trump's State of the Union speech was actually the sixth most watched of all time, and it actually attracted two million less viewers than the address he gave to Congress last year. So yeah, Toronto Trump is literally lying about something that was so, can be so easily fact-checked. Um, I want to ask you, and I'll start with you, Chad, what other lie or inaccuracy told by the president during this speech stood out to you the most? Uh, <laughs> which one? Jeez. Uh, well, I mean, he went on and on about MS-13. That's the one that really burned me because, uh, as you know, I'm a gun violence prevention advocate and I've been striving, working very hard which uh, to to. to slow down the the ocean tidal wave of gun violence enveloping this country and he talked about ms-13 which you know he talked about he tried to pin all these murders on undocumented immigrants when quite frankly one mass shooting out does all of that uh he, he, that's that's the thing that really bothered me the most i mean uh as, as I said, Columbine shooters weren't, weren't immigrants. Las Vegas shooter wasn't immigrants. The church shooter in Texas wasn't an immigrant. Those were, you know, it, it just, it burns me that he's just completely using these words that somebody else wrote and he read off of a teleprompter to nicen up and put in a pretty pink bow a racist agenda, which is bad for the country. So uh, start there and work your way out, and everything else he said was a lie. 
Alyssa, what what stood out to you? Um, I mean, multiple things. So, number one, like, he praised the response of the U.S. for the hurricanes and all the disasters. Um, meanwhile, one-fifth of Puerto Rico still doesn't have electricity. Um, he mentioned the gunning down of the congressional baseball players. Um, but as Chad pointed out, he did not mention tackling gun safety systematically and the fact that since the 1970s, 1.5 million Americans have lost their lives due to gun violence. Um, he talked about... Um, you know, basically, he talked about the black unemployment rate being at a record low. That's true, but it's only dropped one percentage point under Donald Trump, and it dropped eight percentage points in Obama's last six years in office. Um, he talked about the stock market doing exceptionally well and that it was up, up, up. That is true, um, but you also have to look at that in context. He talked about, um, which is that the, the interest rates have remained historically low, and so that's a big reason why you have seen the stock market inflated. He talked about his uh, um, tax cut bill um, being like the biggest, best tax cut bill ever. Um, you know, we don't actually know what the effects of the tax cut bill are going to be. And in most cases, it's probably going to make middle class people's taxes go up. Um, you know, he talked about a, a, a number of things that just were not true. Like, for example, wage stagnation. He said we're finally seeing wage wages rising. Well, that's true. Uh, we are seeing wages rising, but we're actually seeing the slowest no job growth since President Obama's last year in office. So even though he touted that he created millions and millions and millions of jobs, the fact is he's created less jobs than were created under Obama's last three, the last three quarters when Obama was in office. So it's like he gave all these details that were, in theory, quote unquote true. But you when you look at them in context, you realize that it was a whole bunch of complete and utter ish. No, uh, Alyssa, you're absolutely right. It was full of... Uh it was propaganda. I mean, I think that would be the best word to sum it up. A lot of things weren't true. Uh, and I think that one thing that really stood out to me was what you mentioned about the black unemployment rate because he's taking credit and he's been taking credit for that for the last two weeks. But the thing is, even though black unemployment is down to 6.8% across the country, it's still double general in unemployment. The general unemployment for all of America is at like 3.7. So it's nothing really to celebrate. And like Alyssa said, uh, black unemployment has been dropping for the last seven uh, years. So, so it's it's nothing. There's no one policy that Donald Trump put into place that dropped it that low. No, what's going on is he's taking credit for other people's works and taking credit for stuff mostly that he has Obama's. nothing. Mostly Obama's. And he has uh, he's taking credit for stuff he had nothing to do with. Like not long ago, he put out that tweet about how great it's been because there's been no plane crashes uh, since he started riding on on the com on the commercial airlines or talked about them a couple times, okay, that's fine. If you want to take credit for things that you have nothing to do with, then in that case, we can now pin things on you that you had a lot to do with. You have a lot to do with why black unemployment has just jumped up. You have a lot to do with why mass shootings are suddenly increasing. You have a lot to do with that train crash in Casey, South Carolina this morning. Yeah, That's no, all on you. And why there's Nazis running in the street. But, you know, it's no, just very typical of the white man to take credit for all the things the black guy did. It's yeah. appropriation, guys. So we're happy, uh, you know, happy Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Uh, thank you for that, Alyssa. We do need to take another quick break. But don't touch that dial. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation about Trump's State of the Union speech. And then we're going to read some of the comments that you've been leaving on Facebook and Twitter. We asked you guys, what should Democrats do? How can we push our own political agenda? And you answered. So stay tuned. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. 
And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And guys, if you are listening and you want to call in, you can call us up at 212-650-6903. And you can tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio. Yep. Um, before we jump into the Democratic stuff, there's just another one more thing. You know, Chad. Really oh, really quickly, Alyssa. Yes, yeah, no, this Chad, is important. about the immigration. Um, well, I'll start with the one quick thing about infrastructure that I know Stanley wanted to mention about the being the big lie, which is they want to do infrastructure, which generally is a bipartisan thing. But they basically want to do it where they sell out a lot of our public works to private companies in order to get them fixed and basically privatize a lot of our infrastructure, uh, which is a really bad plan that, uh, you know, basically Democrats aren't going to get behind. Um, in the the second thing in terms of policy, uh, before we get into the Democratic stuff, which we're going to touch on uh, for the rest of this segment, um, is, you know, putting aside the stuff Chad already mentioned about immigration and MS-13 and how all those things were wrong. Trump actually proposed sort of an immigration plan, and he said it had four pillars. Number one being granting amnesty to the dreamers plus some extras, which would be 1.8 million people, which is something that Democrats want. Um, But on the other hand, he then proposed three other things that Democrats are against, namely ending family migration, which they call chain migration, ending the visa lottery program and building the wall. And my favorite part about that whole speech thing was like, he's like, well, it's going to be an even split down the middle. And then I scratched my head and wait, 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 since when is it that Democrats get one thing and Republicans get three or four things that they want? And we now call that a quote unquote even split because the last I checked an even split means we get two things and you get two things and that's an even split. Not to mention that DACA was already on the books and Trump took it away and then said, I'll give you this thing back that I took away if you give me these three other things too. And by the way, I'm saying this as an immigrant, as a white man immigrant, and immigration is not hard. I cannot bring my family in with me. All of that was lies. I can speak from personal and professional experience. Yeah, he literally said, and I quote, the third pillar of his immigration plan was to end the visa lottery, which he called a program that ran the cards without any regard to skill, merit, or the safety of our people. That's not true. Our pro, our visa program, they award up to 50,000 green cards to people each year from underrepresented countries, uh, largely in Africa. But it like the application process is tedious. You have to have a high school education. You have to have at least two years of experience in the past five years in a selection of a field identified by the Labor Department. Like, you have to be a highly skilled and and educated person. And furthermore, immigrant speaking, uh, exactly who who, who you described, I have a post-collegiate degree. I have no criminal record. I've actually been given an award by the police. Um, I I can speak several languages. I can do, uh, I can write. I love baseball. That's all I ever wanted to be, by the way, was a baseball writer. And uh, I, you know, I am the ideal candidate that the Republicans talk about. Plus, I'm white. You know, that's up there, too. And it still took me years, years to get work authorization and green card. It was not easy for me. I'm from Canada. Yeah, maybe Trump doesn't think that's an asshole country, but... I'm up there with Norway on, on, the, on the kind of countries that he wants to have come to the States. But still, it was tough. You know what, Chad? I'm really glad that you shared that personal experience that you had and just letting everyone know that it's not easy. So and it's highly selective, even for someone like Chad. Um, on that note, I do want to get to some of the responses that you guys have been leading 
in regard to what now, right? So we saw Joe Kennedy, uh, he gave the rebuttal, the rebuttal on behalf of the Democratic Party on Tuesday night. Um, but the thing is, some people, you know, it, I think he got like mixed reviews. A lot of people said the speech was really um, powerful. It was very inclusive. Uh, but on the other hand, people, I don't think everyone thought that he would be like, representative of them. I think some people felt disappointed that a person of color or a woman wasn't uh, designated to give the rebuttal. Um, so here's the thing. I asked on Twitter, I asked you guys, uh, what do you want to see from the Democratic Party moving forward? What type of um, political agenda? And Mark W. Polite, he says, and I quote, single payer health care and a public works program to address the need for full employment. Bill Pierre says, I'd like to see a reform of mandatory minimum sentences for low-level drug offenders. Jeff Sessions has instructed judges to sentence harshly. I'd like to see folks get rehab, not jail time. And Samara Lynn says, and I quote, she's looking for single-payer health care, infrastructure, and preparing the workforce for a fully automated tech future. Finally, put the stake in corporate welfare. I like to see a cap on campaign donations. That's what we want to see. Absolutely. I think those are all great things. We also got some comments over here on Facebook Live. And if you're watching on Facebook Live and you haven't left a comment, um, but you're interested in telling us what you think the Democrats ha uh, should do um, or your elected officials, you can leave a comment on um, Facebook.com slash Let Your Voice Be Heard Radio, or you can call us at 212-650-6903. Uh, but we have Gene who says, what do I want to see the Dems do? What they've been doing since they decided to ignore the DNC, win with progressive ideas. Um, I think that's the general bigger picture, but, you know, I definitely agree with that. And Wanda said, uh, where's the Russian sanctions that we, the people, have voted for? Um, can the Dems do something? How can we vote in the midterms when elections are being rigged? Um, so, uh, I mean, listen, I think those are all good things. I think that is the biggest thing that we are hearing on the left now, and I can speak personally on that also, is that we want candidates that are going to adopt a progressive agenda. Uh, single payer, criminal justice reform, um, you know, immigration reform and not the kind of immigration reform that Donald Trump is proposing infrastructure uh, b being done and not the kind of infrastructure that Donald Trump is proposing where you pretty much privatize everything. Um, these are very, very popular planks that the Democratic Party should be adopting. Um, on the other hand, you do have a fair number of people that feel like the Democratic Party in certain places also has to run as being more centrist, uh, depending on where they're running. And that may be true, too. Um, and I think that is the biggest thing is like there's yes, there's an agenda that we all want from the Democrats. But largely that sort of depends on where the Democrat is running um, and who their audience is, because what works here in New York City for a progressive candidate is not necessarily going to work for somebody like Claire McCaskill in Missouri. And I think it's really important that Democrats recognize that. Chad, what is it that you want to see done on the left? Well, uh, Chuck Schumer, uh, and I've rarely had praise for him, did the right thing with the with the shutdown standoff by getting CHIP funded. Uh, CHIP, if you don't know, is the Children's Health Insurance Program, uh, which had been languishing for months, uh, uh, not funded. My son, we rely on CHIP for him, and Schumer managed to get that. Uh, it was uh, in the in the shutdown play. It was widely seen as the Democrats caving, but that actually wasn't the case because they got something out of Trump and didn't give any concessions back, and they got DACA up for what is promised to be a clean vote. 
so I want to see more stuff like that. I want to see more smart leadership from the Democrats uh, who know that they're up against people who are going to cheat. I don't want to see any more of this. When you go low, I'm going to go high because that's just handing the government over to these rats. So, yes, progressive ideas are absolutely important, but I want to see leadership with spine. I want to see people who are going to stand up to these monsters and let them have it. Because the American voter does not vote to say thank you. They vote to say F you. That's, that's why Trump won. That's why Obama won. Uh, that, that's what's going to happen in the midterms if the Republicans don't either change the rules or get us into a war or kill us all by then. Okay, on that note, thank you for that, Chad, that very apocalyptic type response. <laughs> but hey, it's the world we live We're in. We're all doomed. Seriously, with Trump <laughs> as president. Um, so, you know, we, we talked about what we want to see done. We talked about the responses you guys gave on Twitter and Facebook. The question is how? Alyssa, what actions can we take to push our agenda? Seems right. like we have a good one. Yeah, no, we do have a good one. And I think the actions that we can take is staying on our elected officials and letting them know uh, that if they're going to cave in, that they are going to be primaried. I mean, mm -hmm. this is something that we saw the Republican Party actually do really, really well through the rise of the Tea Party in 2010. I'll give you a perfect example. Eric Cantor. Eric Cantor got primaried by a guy named, guy named David Bratt, who was somebody who had never really had any government experience um, and who was somebody who was a Tea Party member. And essentially, they said to Eric Cantor, we don't like this centrist Republican, they called it rhino agenda that you're pushing, um, and we're going to primary you. And essentially, that's what's going to happen to Democrats um, in places where they're not being progressive. But I think that's what uh, Joe Kennedy III did such a good job of, saying Democrats shouldn't need to pick one or the other. It shouldn't be chip funding or dreamers. He said, we want to do both. And I think that's what I like so much about what Joe Kennedy had to say. I don't necessarily know if he was the right person to say it, but I liked what he had to say, which is Democrats, we're going to, we stand for both. We don't want you to choose one or the other. We want to represent you in getting both of these priorities done. And I think that's what I want to see the most from Democrats. And what do we do to get us there? Keep pressure on these elected officials. Go out and vote. Make it very clear that if Democrats aren't going to do the things that we want them to be doing and they're going to cave to Republicans, that we are going to primary them. We are going to put our money in other places. Money talks and BS walks. And you know what? If you want our votes and you want our money, then you better listen to us. Because if you're not listening to us, you're going to be gone, just like Eric Cantor was gone. Because just because the Tea Party did it and they were successful doesn't mean the left can't be successful in doing that, too. And if some some of these mainstream Democrats, and like I said earlier, sometimes that centrist thing is going to work in certain places. But in other places, if some of these mainstream Democrats are going to continue to walk the party line and they're not going to listen to the people, they are going to be gone. Yeah. Chad, um, what would you say uh, are some actionable steps that we can take to make sure that our voices are being heard and our agenda is being pushed, well, even at a time like this. We're already doing it, and we need to do more of it. Uh, I think a lot of the victories against the Trump uh, administration and a lot of the roadblocks the Trump administration has faced has not come from Democrats and the Democratic leadership. It's come from us, we the people, in the streets. You're seeing the, with the Women's March, you're seeing with the Tax March, you're seeing with the Impeach Now March. People are doing exactly what Alyssa says they should do, and 
pressuring the representatives. Uh, there's all kinds of actions you can take. You go to just pretty much any political page on Facebook, uh, on either side of the aisle, and you'll find a way to take action. Uh, resist bot is 50409. You text 50409 and you can be connected directly to your representative and your senators uh, with emails, texts, and calls. Um, the people are who is hold... Trump is being held back right now by the people. It's not Democratic leadership. That's why it was so rare for me to say something nice to Chuck Schumer, because otherwise he's been ineffectual. Uh, that we, I don't think we know the next the the name of our next Democratic leader yet. Yeah. It could be Joe Kennedy. It could be Kamala Harris. We don't know yet, but I think we're going to have an idea just after the midterms, depending upon how they go. No, absolutely. And I would just add to that that. Um, another thing that we can all do um, is paying attention, right? And obviously, we call tweet out. Um, we call Trump out when he tweets lies and when he says says these lies. And we realize that if somebody can make lies about something that's pretty small or you know something that's easily fact checkable, imagine what they're lying about with, uh, when it comes to impact. Russia, right? Russia and all these other things so that we definitely need to hold him accountable simply by being aware and being able to being able to have the facts and the stats to say, no, you're wrong. We definitely also need to hold our elected officials accountable by making phone calls, signing petitions, tweeting at them as well. And also running for uh, election yourself. Like if you don't think your elected official is doing a good job. If you want to see more representation, because representation definitely matters, then it's time for us to run. Or why don't you support a black woman who wants to run or a trans person who wants to run? This is how we make the changes by talking about it and then doing something about it. Um, and on that note, the. On that note, we do have to wrap up this show. But, guys, there's going to be at least one or two more State of the Unions if Trump doesn't get impeached. Uh, but we're going to. a big if right now. Right. Which is a really big if. But basically, what I'm trying to say that, well, he's still going to be president for as long as he's going to be president. But we're going to continue to stay on top of that here. Let your voice be heard. And we thank you for staying on top of it as well so that we could unite and literally take back this country. Um, there's a lot we can do, and we will continue to do that. I want to thank Chad R. McDonald for stopping by. Let your voice be heard as usual. I thank mean, whenever you. My we need him, he always. always comes. Thanks you so much. Um, thank you guys for tweeting at us, for sharing your thoughts on Facebook. We thank the people who called up as well. And of course, if you want to support Let Your Voice Be Heard, you can support us with your dollars. They are desperately needed. And you can do that by signing up to uh, patreon.com slash let your voice be heard if you become a subscriber we would greatly appreciate it because it would help keep us on air so that we can do the work that we need for our communities and by representing your voices um you can also support us on by simply listening and sharing this on your social media platforms you can check us out on all podcast stations, on all podcast channels, matter of fact, uh, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, you can find us there. Um, and on that note, we do have to say goodbye. But we'll see you next week. We'll definitely see you next week.